Welcome to The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series, where some of our company's most innovative and engaging leaders share their thoughts about leadership, career development, our company, and industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Paula Angelo, and I head internal and CEO communications at the Hartford. Our guest on the lead today is Deepa Sony, the Hartford's Chief Information Officer. Deepa, it's great to have you here today. Thank you, Paula. Pleasure to be here. We have lots to cover, and I want to start by talking about your professional journey. Uh, walk us down that path that brought you to your current role at the Hartford. Sure. So I'm actually an engineer by trade. Got my bachelor's and master's in electronics engineering a long time ago got into software development and technology almost by fluke, and very grateful for that. Started my career as a software engineer and grew to the ranks doing various things. And I've spent past 22 years in banking in various roles in and outside of technology. I've led various groups within technology, architecture, application development, infrastructure, but I've also had pleasure to lead some enterprise functions. For example, I was the lead for re-engineering end-to-end business processes for a bank uh, way back before customer journeys were kind of cool. And we actually re-engineered processes to help uh, customer experience be better. Led business process outsourcing, led a couple of digital and digitization transformations. Uh, so I've had a Pleasure of doing a few things in the in the last uh, 22 years in banking, and most recently I was the CIO for U.S. Bank for uh, Bank of Montreal. I want to dive uh, more deeply into the whole notion of bettering the experience uh, in, in a little bit. But I want to just probe a little bit more on how you mentioned that you got into software engineering almost accidentally when relatively few women were pursuing degrees or roles in technology. I'm curious, what or who gave you the confidence to make you feel you could succeed? Yes, you're right. You know, I'd almost forgotten how much of a rarity of women engineer was in those days. You know, we were about 15 girls out of a class of 200, so we were less than 8%. But I would say for good or for bad, I personally never thought of myself as a women engineer. I always thought of myself as an engineer. And um, I think out of my naivety, um, ignored any dynamics related to uh, being so few of us and really focused on, you know, studies and getting a good job and uh, just launching a career and uh, uh, ignored a lot of that dynamics at that point where we were really literally, you know, 15 girls out of a class of 200. You mentioned that you've been in the workforce for some time. And over those years, the workplace has really changed for women. So as these changes have unfolded, how have they shaped your leadership style? Sure, great question. Workplace has definitely evolved uh, to be way more inclusive, you know, way more aware of DNI issues these days. And there are way more conversations help support for women in general, and I would say diverse employees as well, than what I experienced in earlier part of my career. When I took my uh, first executive role, you know, I was the only woman reporting to the CIO. All my peers were male. All my directs were males. Most of the CEO leadership at that time were males. There was only one woman leader reporting to the CEO. I was the senior most woman in technology and the only Indian woman in the whole company at an SVP level. So, you know, it was quite lonely and we didn't have forums like Women Network and Women in Technology to kind of 
be able to talk out and, and figure out the, the, the kind of support you needed. So I think uh, that has had a profound impact on myself. I um, went um, to books to help me with my evolution during those times and whatever the topic was, whether it was, you know, having tough conversations or negotiations or however I needed to evolve myself as a leader, um, I took two books. And how that has impacted me is I uh, try to share my experiences a lot because I think it helps to uh, know uh, others were in your shoes or are in your shoes and and even just talk how they coped up with the various scenarios. I think that, that's been very helpful to me in the recent years and uh, I hope that I can share my experiences so people can learn from my experiences. And then secondly, as I went through this phase of my career where I needed to you know, evolve myself, I um, try to foster a culture uh, and conversations in the groups where people do feel they can share their experiences and we do have appreciation for different styles, different cultures, different ways of working and can really evaluate the talent in a very different way than having a you know, a prototype and having a playbook and just measuring talent of that. So I guess just fostering a culture where diversity is valued and appreciated and uh, rewarded. If there was one book that stands out as most helpful to you, something you would recommend to others, is is there a title that comes to mind? You know, I think my most valuable lessons were from The Lean In from Sheryl Sandberg. I think that was an eye-opener to how women behave at workplace, and I was really did not have that kind of appreciation before. So I would highly encourage people, women especially, if they haven't read it, Lena and Shell Sandberg. Excellent. And then prior to working at the Hartford, you held senior roles in the banking industry and, and earlier on also as an IT consultant, you worked with clients in the global automotive sector. How would you say your exposure to different industries has influenced your perspectives and also what role did it have in your career development, both the speed and direction? Yeah, I think just getting exposed to uh, various companies as an IT consultant earlier on in my career, I think helped look at various situations in a different way. So I would say it really helped me in the breadth of experiences. It's given me the ability to be able to diagnose, to decipher, you know, different situations, understand cultures, companies, and possibly given me the belief that the same problem, while could exist in multiple situations, has to be solved in a way that is situational. So I call it, you know, my skills as a situational leader have definitely honed as, as I've had various experiences, and whether it's roles, companies, or even, you know, as a consultant. I think that situational leadership that you're describing seems so important, especially in the dynamic environment that we find ourselves. It seems like uh, along the way, you probably got a fair share of professional advice. Um, I'm just curious, what was some of the best advice that you've ever received um, throughout your career journey? And what insights have you passed along to your daughters as they've embarked on their own educations and professional lives? Lots of uh, lots of lessons learned and career advice over the years. But I would say I think two that definitely helped me pivot in a different way in my career were first was competency and confidence. 
So earlier on in my career, I felt that the work would speak to itself. And so I never spoke up in meetings, you know, never built the relationships and people didn't know who I was and what I was doing. And I think that somebody done said, you know, they have to know the, the person behind the work as well as they need to know the work. And so that was, you know, quite a pivotal moment for me in terms of trying to understand that. And then second was really around what I call as the perfection syndrome. You know, I suffered a lot from it. You've heard stories, you know, where women do not apply for roles uh, till they feel 2,000% confident, and uh, men would traditionally apply for roles. They had 80, 70% of the qualifications, and I would say I fell in that category for a long time. And perfection became the enemy of progress, and at some point, somebody had to nudge me to say, take the calculated risks, you know, and not wait for the perfect moments because they may never come. And so I think that those two, I would say, have been the biggest lessons learned in my career that have helped me shape my career. I love that, the uh, idea that perfection as the enemy of progress. I think that's great yeah. advice for anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as for my daughters, you asked a question. Um, and the next generation, I feel they're so much smarter. I think they're so much more mature in their thinking, very much aware of their surroundings and what they have to do. So usually my daughters give me advice, but <laughs> <laughs> when I have an opportunity, I, I tell them to follow their passion. You have to love, you know, what you do as a career. And I uh, do keep reminding them um, not to underestimate their abilities and go with confidence. So I would say live with passion and live with confidence are, are sort of my two slogans that I try to uh, instill in my girls. And that's great advice for anybody. Let's take a short break. When we return, more from Deepa Sony. Hey, Hartford employees, make sure to visit iConnect for all the latest news on business wins, well-being tips, benefits updates, upcoming company events, and more. And if you can't see it daily, be sure to read the iConnect Week in Review every Friday morning, which will get you caught up on what you missed. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to get notified of the latest episodes. Now, back to The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series. Welcome back. We're talking with Deepa Sony, the Hartford's chief information officer. All right, let's switch gears and uh, dive a little deeper into your role at the Hartford. And as you reflect on your time with the company so far, what accomplishments really stand out? So I've been here for 15 months. You know, in some ways, uh, 15 months went by in a blink. And in some ways, 15 months feel like eternity. So I would say, you know, for accomplishments, it's not necessarily one accomplishment, but I think the totality of what was on our plates and how we were able to accomplish feels good. You know, we had a very large invest agenda to start with in 2020. We had COVID uh, hit us in March. We pivoted the company to a virtual company. We uh, put together a technology strategy. We pivoted towards a hardware next agenda. We worked with businesses on a three-year technology roadmap. We accelerated our cloud journey. Uh, and, and the second half of the year, we literally executed on our Hartford Next and Invest Agenda almost very close to the plan. So all in all, I think in totality, uh, it seems like an accomplishment for us, for technology and, and company as a whole. I think it was really a collaborative effort between business and technology. And so I would say that feels good. One moment did make me really proud, which was uh, we did see an increase in unemployment engagement scores amongst all this chaos and uh, different dimensions of work that was going on. So that was definitely 
a very humbling and a gratifying moment for me. Yeah, it really demonstrates the effectiveness of, of the way that you led your team through a whole lot of change and a really unprecedentedly dynamic environment. You mentioned Hartford Next, which is our company's journey to become more efficient. And I just like to spend a little more time talking about your team's role in achieving our enterprise-wide efficiency goals. Can you talk about agile automation and just the overarching evolution of work and, and where they fit into that conversation? Absolutely. You know, technology definitely has a huge role to play. And I would say in two different ways. You know, first way that we're contributing to the Hartford Next Agenda is by contributing to that 500 million number ourselves. So we are becoming technology shop is becoming more efficient. And we're doing so in a very strategic way. We're doing so by advancing our agile journey, you know, our cloud adoption, changing the way we work with businesses, automating a lot of our IT processes within uh, our shop, and then also uh, going out to the marketplace to get better rates for our services. So we're contributing to that agenda in, by becoming ourselves more efficient. And then secondly, we're also executing on tech initiatives that really help the rest of the company, claims, operations, businesses, achieve their Hartford Next targets. And that is all about you know, digital transformation, automation of work, digitization. I'd like to think we're, we're a big part, an integral part of company's agenda to achieve the overall Hartford Next goals. So the engine for efficiency becoming more efficient sounds like that's a really important part of the work that's underway. Yeah, it is. It certainly is. And I think that's one of the ways uh, these efficiencies are going to be sustainable for the company. You mentioned earlier in our conversation that you've been focused on customer experience for uh, a long time in your career and helped to redesign the customer experience in one of your banking roles. Obviously, here at the Hartford, that's an important focus for our company. And every interaction with our customers creates an opportunity to demonstrate the qualities that, as a company, we want to be known for ease, empathy, and expertise. So as you reflect on both your team's internal and external customers, I'd love to hear what it means to you to deliver a world-class customer experience. Yeah, I think um, there's you know a couple of aspects when we think about customer experience. One is I call it the outside-in view, meaning you know as a company we have to look at processes, how customer sees us, not necessarily how we would build the process looking out. I call it the outside-in view, and if you think about all the work we're doing in technology, is really around making that customer experience more digital more seamless, you know, less interaction points. So I think a lot of work is going on in there. And I think the second aspect is it's not just the interaction with the customer at the point of interaction, but a seamless experience also means we have to streamline our processes end to end. So you'll see a lot of the uh, investments that we're making are really to streamline the end to end business process, not just, you know, the customer facing parts of it. Because if you think of Amazon, they have a great experience, not because they have a great website or a great Amazon.com portal, but it's because they have automated their whole supply chain and you can exactly know when that packet is going to show up at the door. 
you mentioned that Amazon experience, which boy, I think everybody has gotten intimately acquainted with over the past uh, year. When it comes to that type of experience as an insurance company, how is the Hartford staying innovative and competitive, especially if you look at us relative to the broader technology industry? So as you look at how we're thinking of investing in technology in the next two to three years across all our businesses, it's really based on that Amazon-like experience that we can give to our customers and our employees who are serving the customers. We're leveraging the latest technology. You know, we're using the latest data analytics to bring the information at the fingertips of our employees as well as our customers and that, to me, is going to get us the Amazon-like experience that we're pursuing. That's great. And I think uh, we're definitely seeing the impact of some of the work that your team is doing to enhance the experience that employees have on the job. Anything you want to point us to or uh, preview as far as um, innovations that are coming in 2021? You know, I would say every line of business has a lot of innovation built into their agenda. You know, small commercial continues to be leading edge in their digital capabilities. You know, personal lines, we have a brand new platform that will be launched in a few months here. Um, that does take into account the end-to-end -end employee experience and customer experience. Uh, MLC is going to change the way we do underwriting and uh, launch our products. So you're going to see a lot of that. GV has full agenda for an end-to-end -end process enhancement in terms of servicing our customers. So I would say across the company, you're going to see on a very frequent basis, new capabilities coming throughout 2021. That is so exciting. And I think something that employees can really look forward to, especially given some of our aggressive enterprise objectives for the year. And I did not mention global specialty, but they are also in the same boat, launching capabilities, integrating our Hartford and Navigator's portfolios. Um, every month we're launching something new. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that overview. I want to pivot now and just talk more broadly about the Hartford as an employer and the way that we focus as a company on employee experience. You know, as a newer employee, of the Hartford, you mentioned that you've been with us for about 15 months. What's your impression of the Hartford's workplace culture? And I'm curious as to whether your perceptions have changed at all since you first started with the company. That's a great question. So, you know, um, 15 months ago when I joined Hartford, I um, knew that I was, you know, joining a well-respected, good company with good culture. Uh, that was my assessment just based on, you know, interviews and things like that. But um, I don't think I had an idea that I was joining a great company with a great culture. So I would say my perceptions have only gone better as I've come to know Hartford, the people, the culture. And I think I love the down-to-earth, you know, no-frills, uh, strong ethics kind of culture that we have here at Hartford. Uh, so my um, admiration continues to grow. I do think, you know, as the amount of work that we've done in technology the culture has been a big part of why we've been able to do so much in the last year. And I do think it's our secret sauce. And I can certainly say for technology that our culture will help us leapfrog our competitors pretty quickly. 
I think that's been an experience for a lot of us that first um, joined the Hartford within the past few years. Just the culture, especially if we've joined from another company, the culture is so refreshing and it is so different from a lot of the places that, that certainly I've been part of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the priorities for our company, of course, is diversity and inclusion. You're the executive sponsor of Women in Technology. Can you tell us a little bit more about this program? And along the way, I'd love to hear uh, your personal thoughts regarding our strengths and our opportunities to do more on the DNI front. You know, I would say I would want to thank Bill Bloom, you know, Beth Mercy and Marcus Pesito. I think they really had put in a strong program for women in technology that today and last year provided tremendous support, you know, education, mentoring for all the women in technology. So we're really good at recruiting and retaining women talent. I think where we're taking this program to in 2021 and over the next couple of years is really accelerating the women's sponsorship and advancement agenda. So we are actually starting a couple of programs to um, have our leadership, our IT leaders be involved in being more active sponsors and build a culture of sponsorship with the right uh, women employees. And we're also broadening our DNI agenda to put more focus on African Americans and Hispanics. So we're starting some new brand new partnerships this year and we're going to go try to recruit for um, talent in those two segments more aggressively than we ever have. It's really exciting and I think a great demonstration of how we're putting actions behind our aspirations. Absolutely, yeah. So just to close out this section, as you think about those who are starting their journey in the insurance industry, especially as it relates to technology, what advice would you give and why would you recommend the Hartford? Sure, I would say, you know, in general, insurance technology is an exciting place to be. You know, insurance industry is definitely uh, going through a transformation, the opportunity to leverage the latest technology to create a business impact and ability has never been more in my mind. And as I came from banking, you know, where we went through multiple iterations of transformation, I think the opportunity in Hartford and in insurance generally is you can do all that transformation with better technology and less duration. So I think as the pace of technology changes, I think it just provides an immense opportunity to leverage the technology to help our businesses compete and run in the marketplace. And Hartford is well poised for that. You know, we have made the investment decisions and uh, we're right at that cusp. So exciting agenda in terms of, you know, leveraging, being able to leverage technology and then be able to make business impact. That's so great. Deepa, it's been fantastic to spend time with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your advice and your insights. And since we're recording this in January, the year still feels pretty fresh and new. So let me close by asking, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Um, I am really excited about all our agenda. I think we have a lot of strategic work in flight, uh, both for the businesses and also to shape the way technology works. 2021, we have also deemed ourselves as the year of engineering and technology. So it is a big pivot for IT organization, IT associates, our teammates to pivot toward what we call as the engineering discipline. 
uh, leading edge discipline in the industry and a big pivot for us. That is going to be an exciting year for us in terms of getting our teammates upskilled and trained and cloud ready and, you know, all the latest technologies, working with latest technologies. So, so that is uh, very exciting. That sounds great. And it sounds like a, a really exciting year ahead. It is. It is. Deepa Sony, thank you again. And thanks to everybody for joining us. If you're just discovering the lead for the first time on iConnect, you can also find this and other episodes on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great way to hear from our leaders when you're on a run, in the car, or anywhere you like to listen. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And don't forget to tell your colleagues across the Hartford to listen to the lead. Until next time, I'm Paula Angelo. This has been The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get notified of the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.